Glory to God. Praise to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, magnify, magnify your holy name. Oh, we love you, Lord. We honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for ministering by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let's read the scripture to begin with. My son, attend to my words. Just poke your neighbor a little bit and say, pay attention. (laughs) Attend, that means pay attention. Praise God. Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Now, this proverb is written with the idea of Solomon talking about the instruction he received from his father and from his mother. And, and so he's passing on this instruction. So think of this tonight as like a parent telling their young child, you know, as they're growing up, how to be successful, how to avoid problems, how to keep out of trouble, how to have victory. You know, if your uh, child was uh, leaving the home particularly to go to college, you might sit down with them and explain to them, you know, stay away from the bars, stay away from the parties, uh, hit the books, spend time studying, uh, work hard, be diligent, stay out of trouble, and, you know, you'll get good grades, you'll graduate, and you'll, you know, you'll be able to get a good job. These are some instructions on a spiritual level, though, for us that we need to adhere to in order to be successful. And so we're going to hear about some things that we need to, to do tonight. Everybody say do. Do. And, uh, but the, 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 um, the title of the message, I guess what we'll call it is uh, the prescription for a healthy life. Okay? Prescription for a healthy life. How many want a healthy life? Amen. Now, if we wanted to sign, sound more spiritual, uh, we'll say uh, prescription for divine health. Okay? Yeah. Divine health. Uh, but we're going to hear about some things to do. Now, how many ever came to church and heard, heard about some things to do? <laughs> Amen. And that's good. Amen. We come and we hear about things to do. But I want us, as we hear about these things to do, to understand that healing is about the grace of God. It's more about what He has done than what we can do. Amen. That's right. Amen. It's His power and it's to His glory. And it's something that we receive by grace from Him. So the things that we're going to do, we need to understand, are things that we can do to cooperate with what He has done for us already in order to receive those things into our life. I don't want us to have the idea tonight, well, if I'm just a good enough person, then God will heal me. And sometimes we have an idea like that. You know, it's interesting. I um, Different times in my life and training, you know, uh, I read a lot of Kenneth Hagin's materials and listened to his tapes and so forth. And he, I remember him talking about in his churches and some of the churches he visited, how sometimes it would be interesting, but the people that seemed to be the, quote, best Christians had the hardest time getting healed. And somebody would come in and, man, their attendance wasn't that great and, and they didn't have their giving together and their lives were kind of a mess, but they'd come in and they'd just receive. Yeah. 
And that's sort of strange to our minds, isn't it? You know, we think, well, if we're really good, then we'll get it, you know. But seemingly, the, pers- the, the person that, you know, didn't have it all together realized they didn't have it all together, realized they needed God's grace and mercy and help in time of need. And sometimes when we're the Christian that has it all together, then we think we have it all together. Amen? And the Bible said, God, what? Resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I tell you what, we all need grace to get saved. There is not any of us here, well, not that I know of, that's good enough to go to heaven on our own merits. Can I have an amen? Amen. Because the Bible tells me, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So healing comes by grace. You know, just like salvation comes by grace through faith. Healing comes the same way. And so I think that's a really important thing to to really keep in mind as as we're looking at this. But there are things that we can do to cooperate with our healing. And a good illustration of that is if you're looking for help from a doctor, you can go to the very best doctor, right? And he can give you the very best medicine. But if you don't take your prescription, it's not going to do you a bit of good. And so that's what this message is kind of about, cooperating with God's plan for a healthy life. Amen? Amen. And, And so tonight I want to kind of emphasize a healthy life, kind of the overall picture of being healthy. Uh, And we're not talking only about physical health, but also spiritual health, mental health, emotional health, social health, the whole area. God wants us healthy, amen, period. His salvation is for the total man and for every aspect of life. Can I have an amen today? And God wants us to be in divine health. And it is possible for us to walk in divine health. Now, I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived yet, okay? So I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself just as much as you tonight, okay? But I'll tell you a little story that kind of uh, jostled my thinking. I went to a, a church and ministered at a particular church in, in Minnesota here. And uh, I think I was ministering a few days and I was there on a Sunday morning, got up and, you know... Went to get myself a cup of coffee. I usually have a couple cups of coffee in the morning. So I went to look and couldn't find any coffee. But come to find out, the pastor and his wife uh, didn't drink didn't drink coffee. But they did have a you know like a jar of instant or something in the refrigerator, and they made me up some coffee, and I had some coffee, and we went to church and we had a good service. And came back about the middle of the afternoon. I've got a headache. Turns out that coffee was decaf. <laughs> I'm used to having my little bit, of, you know, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a caffeine fiend, but I mean, in the morning, I have a couple cups of coffee. Well, for some reason, you know, I had that caffeine, whatever reaction, and I had a headache. So I thought, well, I'll find an aspirin. And I started kind of looking around for an aspirin, and I went and talked to, to the pastor's wife. I says, hey, do you have uh, aspirin or Tylenol or something around here, you know? She said, uh, hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, she kind of looked around. And said, no, no, no aspirin's here. 
And I'll tell you what I have. I mean, I, I, uh, when I travel in ministry, a lot of times I stay with people. And I haven't been to too many places where they don't have an aspirin. But this particular couple didn't have an aspirin because they didn't need an aspirin. Because <laughs> they had health. And so I realized they had something going that, you know, I was still working on. They were, they were walking in divine health. Now, I don't know how perfect that is. I don't know what interludes they have or my battles they have. I know for myself, walking in divine health, it requires resisting the devil from time to time. Amen? Because he comes and he tries to put symptoms on you, and, and you need to resist that. But I saw that it, it opened my eyes to the realization, we can walk in divine health. And we should press into it. Amen. And I was talking to the pastor later about it, you know, and he said, I, I was just telling him, you know, this is a, a testimony because sometimes I'll go to other churches and I'll share this little testimony just to provoke us. Some places it's not received real well. I felt tonight it was received pretty good. <laughs> sometimes I'll share that and it's like, oh, you're preaching some false doctrine there, you know. But, you know, I think we're in, a, in the crowd here where we, we want to press into divine health. Amen. Amen. And we want that. So, anyway, I was telling the pastor what a great testimony it was and blessing to me. And he says, well, you know, I, I, he said, I think the real key is to believe God for divine health, not just divine healing. That's right. If you want divine healing, you've got to be sick first. <laughs> but divine health is just staying healthy, staying on that healthy path. And there's some uh, instructions in these scriptures that will help us to walk in divine health, spiritually, uh, mentally, emotionally, socially, physically, every single area of our life. My son, attend, pay attention to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Amen. So that's your instructions from your father before you go off to college and how to have a successful life. Now, there's five things I want to mention here, and I guess five is the number of grace. So remember, this is a message of grace. I'm not here to weight you down with a burden of things to do. I'm here to give you some things that will help you. How many can take this in an encouraging way tonight? Amen? Praise God. All right, I want you to notice five different things in this particular portion of Scripture. And the first one is this, an attentive ear. An attentive ear. Attend to my word. You know, how many know sometimes we can go to, go to church and, and hear the sermon and the music and go through the whole routine and never really hear anything? Or maybe put a tape on, we're going to work, we put a CD in as we're going, and going down the road, but our mind's somewhere else. Amen? 
And the same thing with the voice of the Lord. You know, he's always speaking to us, but we're preoccupied. We have to, you know, focus in on his word. We have to pay attention to his word. We have to hear what God is saying to us through the Bible, through our life, through other Christians. You know, I think about that woman with the issue of blood who came, came to Jesus and said, if I can just touch his garment, I shall be made whole. It says, when she heard about Jesus, right, she came in the press behind. I think a lot of people heard about Jesus. They were hearing about, oh, you, Jesus did this. But you see, she paid attention to what was going on in the ministry of the Son of God. You know, she took heed to what she was hearing, and she began to apply it in her own personal life, and she began to conceive something in her that said, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. See, we've got to have an attentive ear. The Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's a lot of times we hear, but we don't hear. So we do need to tune in. Amen? That's important to have an attentive ear. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in church, at home, in your devotional time, in your daily life as you're going about your business, listen to the Lord. Amen? Then the second thing is the fixed gaze. The fixed gaze. He said, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. He says, gaze on the word. Uh, uh, Tozer, the writer, talks about the inward gaze of the soul. Seeing something. This is talking about not seeing something with our physical eyes. This is seeing something with the eyes of our understanding. This is seeing in the spirit, seeing spiritual realities. He says, don't let the word depart from your eyes. So how do we do that? Do we just take the Bible and put it up in front of us like this? And everywhere we go, you know, we just do this number? Is that what he's talking about? No. No. Huh? It is a lamp to our feet. It's a lamp to our feet. So this is what... See, we might think that, you know, if we just looked at that in the natural. You know, just keep your eyes on the Word, okay? I often get the picture of like, uh, you know, Bob Dylan had that little thing. He put his harmonica on, you know. We might get one, something like that, just prop it like this and, and uh, go to work like that with that big King James Bible sitting right there in front. How, you think that would give you a victory in the workplace, Pastor Nate? <laughs> No, because when you go to work, your boss doesn't want that Bible in front of you like that. Amen? He wants you to pay attention to what you're doing. Amen? But God says, pay attention to the Word. Amen? So you see, we have to live with the eternal living Word in front of us. And that means we need to meditate it and get it down in our heart and live it and see it as a reality. We need to see The Word of God. Amen. We're talking about how to live a healthy life. We have to see the Word of God. We have to see the truth of God's Word. 
So that means we don't want to see ourselves sick. Amen. We want to see ourselves healed. And it has to do with how we see ourselves and how we see God and how we see the redemptive truths of the Bible. You know, the more you absorb the Word of God, the more these things are built into you. My wife ministered at, uh, we were at Gaylord Assembly last Sunday, and she ministered on the goodness of God. Do you see God as good? Amen. When something happens in your life that's contrary, do you still see God as good? Amen. Is, the, is your inward vision, your inward apprehension, that of seeing God as good? Amen. Well, when we build the word into us, that's what happens. We see God as good. We see God as powerful. Amen. When we see a need or a problem or a sickness or, or somebody around us hurting, we just see God's able. God's able to do this. You know, because it's in us. There's an inward reality that's built into us by studying the Word. And it's like that with the, the redemptive truth, the cross of Calvary, the Bible says, that He took our sins in His own body on the tree. Jesus took our sins. So the more we absorb that truth and that reality, the more we can walk in the freedom from condemnation of sin. Instead of seeing ourselves as sinners and failures and unable, we see our sins have been placed on Jesus and we're cleansed. And we walk in the reality and the light of it, you see. There's an inward reality. We're seeing something spiritually on the inside. Attend to my words. Don't let them depart from your eyes. See, the devil's always trying to steal your inward vision. He's trying to play his little slideshow of defeat and disease and problems and depression. And you've got to say, no, I'm living on the word. Praise God, I'm living on the truth of the word. Jesus bore my sins in his own body on the tree. And by his stripes... I am healed. The punishment that I deserve was put upon Jesus. He was beaten and bruised for my sins and my sicknesses. And you see, that's what we have to focus on. When it says, attend to my words, he's saying, don't attend to your problems. Don't focus on your sickness. Don't focus on what's going on down here. But focus on what has happened. Through the cross of Calvary and the mighty redemptive work of the Savior of the world. He died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. And we, he lives under righteousness and we can live under righteousness. That's a reality, you see, that we can walk in. We, if we want to be healthy, we've got to walk in the reality of the Word of God. Can I have an amen? amen. We've got to see the cross as a living reality. We've got to have living Word. That'd be a good name for a church. Yeah, see, it's not, just, it's not just words in a book. It's living word. Jesus said, my words, their spirit and their life. Spiritual words. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. When you got the word, you got God. 
Pay attention to the Word. Don't let it depart from your eyes. See these things, you see? Talking about building something into your life. Yeah, see, this is good advice when you're, when you're getting ready to go off to college or start a career or something like that <laughs> or start the path of life. Begin to build, 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 build. I like to get up every day, spend time with the Lord. Get in His Word. Pray. Spend time with God. Because it's building something in my life. Amen? And so then, when difficulties come, I've got something, I've got something built up on the inside of me. Now, when Jesus was talking about salvation to Nicodemus, in the third chapter of the book of John, He said, you know what? As Moses, he's talking to this Jewish uh, leader, teacher, He says, you know, like Moses, they all were followers of Moses. Like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So then Jesus compared himself to a serpent being lifted up in the the wilderness. And if you'll study the story of that serpent, it's in Numbers 21. It talks about how the children of Israel had sinned, they got discouraged. And they murmured against God, and they murmured against Moses, and they complained. And the Bible said that the Lord sent fiery serpents. In other words, a judgment came. Because of the sin, judgment came. There is such a thing as judgment. It's in the Bible. And the Bible said it's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment. And there is a judgment for sin, and sin can open the door even to sickness. Because we've gotten out of the will of God, our protection's down, the door's open, and problems come in. So judgment came in the form of these serpents, and when it came, the people said, Whoa, we're missing it here. We better get under God's divine protection now. And so they came to Moses and said, We have sinned before God. Pray for us. And Moses prayed for them. And the Lord says, Make this this serpent of brass and lift it up in the midst of the congregation. So brass is a symbol of judgment. And so the the symbol of judgment, this brass serpent, they made it and they put it up in the middle of the congregation and he said whoever looks at that brass serpent when they're bitten will be healed and Jesus said as Moses lifted up the brass serpent so must I be lifted up isn't that something now my Bible tells me that Jesus is the spotless lamb of God he never sinned can I have an amen? amen and when I hear about a serpent I think a symbol of evil Right? The serpent in the Garden of Eden, he was evil. Right? So God has him put up a serpent. Why would would Jesus compare himself to a serpent? Is that a good question? Well, the Bible tells me that, that Jesus became sin for me so that I might become the righteousness of God in him. And the judgment that I deserved was placed upon Jesus. How many think this is true? The judgment that I deserved was placed upon Jesus so that I could go free. 
and so that I could be righteous. And so in this type, in this shadow and type, in the wilderness, God tells them to look at the serpent. Now what do we need to do? We need to look at Jesus. We need to look at the cross. We need to see the reality of the cross. Instead of looking at our failures, our weaknesses, our sin. When we repent of our sins, we need to believe he forgives those sins. Instead of looking at our sickness and concentrating and focusing on the symptoms, we need to get caught up and look into what God has done. Amen? We have to get our eyes on the right thing. Can I have an amen? Because otherwise, how can you be in faith? If your eyes are on the symptoms and the sickness, you're going to have faith in the sickness and the, and the symptoms. Jesus said that faith is looking because he said, just like Moses, we need to look to that cross. He, he gives that, that picture that that is the way. Faith is seeing something. It's interesting that in the Bible, the Bible gives us the definition of faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. The evidence of things not seen. So faith is, we could say, how many agree with this? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Right? It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, in a court of law, in order to prove a case, you present evidence. Right? And the Bible said that, that faith is the evidence of the thing not seen. So I found out that by looking at the word, wherever it says faith and substituting that phrase, evidence of things not seen, I could have a greater understanding of faith. Okay? So the Bible said, Jesus would say, according to your faith, so be it unto you. Okay? So let's substitute it and say, according to your evidence of things not seen, so be it unto you. According to the evidence that you have in your heart of the things that are not seen, that's what you'll have. In other words, what you see is what you get. Right? So we need to see these redemptive realities. We need to see the truth. He said, you shall know the truth. What am I talking about? I'm talking about getting beyond just the knowing the redemptive facts, the facts of the gospel, bringing them to a place where they're actually in our heart in a living way. And we see those things. Instead of seeing ourselves condemned because of our sin, we see ourselves forgiven. Instead of seeing ourselves bound up in sin, we see ourselves crucified with Christ and alive unto God. We see ourselves in the resurrection. The Bible says we died with him, we're risen with him. These are all realities. And so, the attentive ear and then the fixed gaze. Praise God. So start seeing yourself as healthy, successful, victorious, saved, and full of Jesus. Can I have an amen? Amen. All right, third one. He says, keep your heart with all diligence, 
Third point, the enshrining heart. The enshrining heart. How many know the heart is the place where you believe God? The Bible says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So we need to enshrine the truth of God's word. And we need to enshrine the Lord himself in our heart. We have to have an enshrining heart. We have to have a set-apart heart unto God. And we need to guard our heart from sin and doubt. He says, keep your heart with all diligence. What's he saying? Guard it. Guard it from sin. Guard it from doubt. Jesus taught about the parable of the sower and the seed, right? The, 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 uh, the sower soweth the seed. The devil cometh immediately to steal the seed. Where? Out of the heart. He's, the devil's wanting to steal the gospel out of your heart. You have to protect your heart. Amen? You, so you have to, you know, you have to focus on the right things. On the word. You can't be letting the word, the world, feed your inner man. Amen. You've got to let the word feed your inner man. Now, in the middle of this message now, let me bring this out again. Healings by grace. Okay? I'm not here giving you a list of, do you do this, do you do that? I'm just trying to help you. Amen? Just trying to help you to cooperate with what God's already did what he's already done for you. Amen? He died on that cross. Jesus died on that cross. And by his stripes, you were healed. You were healed. So healing belongs to you. So the enshrining heart is about letting him work in your heart to bring forth these great things that he's already did. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, You'll ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Amen? So it's about the Word. It's about abiding. It's about walking in a united way. See, our heart is, is the place where we connect with God. And God is the healer. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. So if there's separation between us and God, how many can see it's going to hinder the healing? Does this make sense? If you lived in Antarctica and you couldn't get to your doctor, you might be the greatest doctor in the world, okay? You're in Antarctica, he's over somewhere else. You got to get together, right? Well, we got to get together with God <laughs> spiritually because he's the doctor. See, so we're talking about living a healthy life. Well, li- living a healthy life is having God in your heart. Amen. Uh, to every day. Every day. And you, we can do this. We can come into this by having an enshrined heart, having a place where we uh, sanctify the Lord in our heart, as the scripture says. Set him apart as king in our heart. See, we've got to... <clears throat> a lot of times people hear divine healing scriptures and they say, yeah, that's great, but why is it not working for me? But you see, in spite of all the redemptive facts... It has to be alive for it to work. Amen? It, it, it doesn't work like the old saying, 
preacher saying, you know, it doesn't work on the coffee table. <laughs> You've got to get it in. Amen? And so we have to have this living union with God because he's the healer. Every, you know, everything that God has comes by this connection of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And so when you walk with God, when your heart is open to God, when you're in fellowship with, with him, then you can appropriate those things of God on an ongoing basis. He's your father. And the spirits come into your heart crying, Abba, Father. And if you're a child, then you're an heir. You're in the household of God, and you can appropriate all the Father's blessings. So see, enshrine them in your heart so he can work in your life. Can I have an amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, medical science has determined that a lot of outward diseases and problems can be related to inward problems. So they figured that out. The Bible figured that out a long time before them, but they've figured out that what's going on the inside can produce negatively or positively on the outside. Amen? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Okay? But what's the rest of that scripture? I don't remember right off the top of my head. Uh, Broken spirit dries the bones. Dries the bones. Yeah. So, you know, what's going on in the inside reflects on the outside. Medical science has seen that bitterness, for example, is often a cause or related to problems like arthritis. Now, I'm not putting that on you. If you've got something like that that's going on in your life, I'm not saying that's the case. But it can be. And fear, anxiety can cause problems with the circulatory system, heart problems, right? Things like that. What's going on on the inside can uh, hinder you from walking in divine health. So we need to get fixed right on the inside. And also, if there's something in our heart that's really blocking God from being able to minister healing to us. One time I was on the mission field in Haiti. This was when we first got started into missions a little bit. We went down there, and and, uh, I was working with a missionary, and he was taking me from place to place to preach. And somehow or another, I got sick. I mean, I got sick and got no better fast. (laughs) I mean, I was, you know, it was the stomach-type thing, you know what I'm saying. It was bad. And I did all I knew to do. I was confessing. I was having people lay hands on me, anoint me with oil. I mean, I, and I, I mean, I knew a little bit. I, I had faith working to a degree. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I wasn't a, totally a novice, but it wasn't working. I was getting no better fast. And so I, I remember I was with a team, and they were out in the park. And... Uh, I don't know, they were having a Coke or something. And they were, you know, and and so I got in the back of the pickup truck and I had a little talk with the Lord. And I said, Lord, what's the problem? I've done everything your word says to do and I'm still sick. And the Lord just said to me, just as clear as could be, he said, you're in fear. And as soon as he said that, I saw it because, see, I had a team with me from the United States, from our church, 
Nine of us were on this team. We're in this little Datsun pickup truck going up and down the mountains, swinging all over, and I could just see people falling off down the mountains. Besides that, we're hearing, uh, see, I was seeing wrong. My inward vision was wrong. I was seeing disaster. And, and I was hearing reports, uh, listening to the long, wrong report, okay, about uh, all these, you know, violent things going on in the country at that time, which happens in Haiti from time to time. There was a lot of uproar. And my heart was just afraid. You know, I was afraid that I wasn't going to take all those nine people back with me. I wasn't, it wasn't so much afraid for myself, but it was, the, you know, I had this team and the responsibility and weighted down. Man, I was in fear. The Lord just nailed me. You're in fear. I said, Lord, I see it. I said, Father, I repent in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for not trusting you. I will trust you with this team in Jesus' name, and I repent of that fear. And, you know, it, I don't think it was over a half an hour we were sitting in a restaurant eating a cheeseburger and drinking a Coke. And I was just fine. God healed me just like that. Because you see, sometimes if something's wrong on the inside, it can block you from receiving your healing. Amen. Now, I'm praying tonight that somebody's going to get something out of this because I'm hitting a lot of different areas, okay? And maybe a lot of it is just going to go, well... That's nice. But I'm praying that each of us are going to get something tonight that's going to help us. Amen. And I think just right there, somebody got something. Because you see, when there's that inner turmoil, it'll keep your faith from working, keep you from connecting with God. And even though his promise is yea and amen, it's not working in your heart because it works through the heart. God's healing works from the inside out. Amen. So we've got to let the Holy Spirit have sway, have, be able to move in our lives. And sometimes there's a need for repentance. You say, you know, if you're in fear, that seems like a strange thing to repent. But it's not trusting God. It's, it's what the Bible calls, calls what? An evil heart of unbelief. And unbelief is targeting you. But don't let it in. Praise God. And... and don't be condemned, but let God minister truth to you through this and give you hope. Have that enshrining heart. Amen. And let the will of God be done. All right. Number four, the disciplined tongue. He says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the... Issues of life put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Hmm. Anybody around here ever heard anything about what you say? <laughs> Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. With the heart, man believeth unto the righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. We have to confess what we possess. We have to possess it by confessing it. Amen. We have to 
uh, as it says in Hebrews 10, uh, 23, hold fast the profession or confession of our faith without wavering, for he that is he is faithful that promised. So if we want to walk in divine health, then we need to speak health. Amen. We need to speak life. We need to say by his stripes, I am healed. One thing I always say very often, with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. I believe that. Amen. I'm always saying that. Hallelujah. And I'll say, no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. Praise God. I fill up on that word and I speak it out of my mouth, you know. He said in Joshua that we're to meditate in that word day and night. Don't let it depart from our mouth. In other words, keep speaking the word. Amen. By his stripes I am healed. But so often when the symptoms come, we're speaking, speaking, speaking the symptoms instead of speaking the truth, which is the word of God. Amen. I heard a preacher say, don't talk to God about how big your problems are. Talk to your problems about how big your God is. That's good. good. Amen. See, we can defeat ourselves by dwelling on the problem. Amen. Instead of dwelling on the word. Amen. And we're hung by the tongue. Praise God. And I don't want to be hung by the tongue. Okay. Now, also, also, we need to discipline our tongue in other areas as well. We need to have a sweet tongue. Amen. I'll share a verse with you. You might want to write this down. Look it up later. We won't necessarily go there. But Proverbs uh, 12, 18, it says, There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword. How many ever knew anybody that spoke like a piercing of a sword? Okay. There is that speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. See, we've got to get good stuff coming out of our mouth. Not only in the area of confessions of healing, but, you know, we can't be speaking unkind, negative, demonic-inspired words and thoughts out of our mouth and expect to walk in divine health. Amen? We've got to purify our tongue there a little bit. We've got to get some discipline going in our tongue. Amen? And when that start, stuff starts to come out, you go, whoop, no, no, no. The tongue of the wise is health. Amen? I'm going to speak life. Amen? And we can speak a lot of unhealth into our relationships with that kind of tongue, too. Amen? we got to speak words of life into those around us. Praise God. So the disciplined tongue, we're talking about how to live a healthy life. And see, this is the... What I'm trying to talk about tonight is the whole picture. Now, not just the one area of divine health, divine physical area, uh, divine healing physically, because it all kind of works together. Amen? And, and you know, when you live close to God, He can give you wisdom. And that's another area that's really important. I wonder how many people are sick because of tremendous stress on their lives, because of financial stress, credit card debt, job problems. Do you know what? I know somebody that's got the answer to those things. 
that can give us wisdom about those things. Last time I was here, I talked about being led by the Spirit. That's something I just keep working on, keep working on. Because God can bless your life through giving your wisdom. How many people have heart problems because of the job that they're in and the stress that's on them in that job? God can either give you wisdom how to handle the situation or he can give you wisdom about moving to another job. So you don't have to have that stress. I don't want you jumping your job, giving up on it. But, But you understand what I'm saying. Wisdom is part of this whole thing. And when you live close to God, he can give you wisdom about stuff. How many people are under stress and anxiety and even physical problems because of the relationships in their own home? God can give you wisdom on your relationship with your spouse, with your children. God can heal your home. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen? Amen. But I got to live close to God to appropriate these things. Yes. You know, I gotta, I've got to have an enshrining heart. You know, I've got to dwell on the word. I've got to see those redemptive truths. So I got to get some of this working just day after day after day after day. And another thing, folks, don't get defeated. You know, if you're battling a sickness or a problem over a long time, don't get defeated and just say, no, it doesn't work. Just keep drawing near to God and he'll draw near to you. Keep letting that truth build into you. He'll show you the way. Not everything that God does is instant and overnight. Sometimes it's progressive. And God's always got a method. He, he knows exactly how to fix your problem. He knows the diagnosis. And sometimes the thing that you're praying for is not the thing that most needs to be fixed. Something else does so he can fix that and then the other thing will automatically be fixed. So you've got to walk with God and live close to him and let him minister to you and let him guide you and lead you and show you, lead you into all truth. The Holy Ghost will do these things and bring you in to a level of divine health in every area of your life. All right? So speak life over your bodies. Speak life uh, uh, among the people you're with and, and discipline your tongue. The fifth and final thing is uh, a dedicated walk. Watch your steps. He says, let your eyes look right on, your eyelids look straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established Turn not from the right hand or to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. We've got to put this word into practice. We've got to walk, as the Bible says, in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Amen. It's not just all mental. It's not all on the inside. I mean, we've got to live it. And when we live before God, the blessings of God will follow us. In Joshua 1.8, it says, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, <clears throat> that thou mayest, what? Observe to do all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. 
And we're saying, God, prosper me. When are you going to prosper me? When are you going to prosper me? When are you going to prosper me? And he says, when are you going to meditate? <laughs> when are you going to speak? <laughs> when are you going to do? <laughs> when are you going to put your feet in the right path? Amen. Then you will prosper your way. God's prosperity will chase you down because you're in the path. You've got to be on the path. You can't be walking away from God and expecting his blessings to flow. Amen. You've got to cooperate with him. That's good advice. The father giving his child advice before he's leaving the house, to go to college, go, to, go off to a career. So if we want to walk in, in divine health, we've got to walk with God. We've got to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. You'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The Bible says, walk in love as dear children. You know the scripture said that faith works by love. Amen. We want to have purity in our bodies, health in our bodies. We've got to have purity in our heart. We've got to have that love walk. Amen. We've got to love the unlovable. We've got to train ourselves to return good for evil. <laughs> and then laugh at the devil. Ha! I got the victory. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because that's just what the enemy wants to do. He wants to push your button. Get you in the in the flesh and get you tormented and frazzled and, and get you out of the divine life. Amen? You've got to train yourself to walk in the way of the Lord. You know what you're predestinated to do? You're predestinated to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he walked in the Spirit. He walked in love. Amen? And he walked in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he submitted himself to his father. He said he always did those things that pleased his father. And the Bible says to us, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So these are some things that how we can, you know, get this, get this gospel of healing operational in our lives. How many can see some of these things, you know, that, that these are things we need to really put into practice? Amen. How many would say you got at least something out of this tonight? Would you lift your hand? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yep. Purity. Jesus healed a man and says afterwards, he finds him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto you. You know, sometimes people are even healed by the gifts of, the he- gifts of healing. A miracle happens in their life, but then they don't maintain, amen, because they don't practice these things we're talking about. We need to go beyond just healing to divine health in every area of our life, spiritual health, amen, mental health, emotional health, social health. (laughs) How many want healthy relationships? I do. Praise God. And physical health. Praise God. So why don't we stand our feet tonight? Praise God.